0: Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic leaders today. And this is the Indiana Bible College podcast. On-campus students at Indiana Bible College have the opportunity to study in three major areas. Biblical studies, missiology, and worship studies. If you or someone you know is interested in any one of these three areas, we encourage you to check out www.indianabiblecollege.org. On the website, you can find answers to all of your most frequently asked questions. But if the answer is not there, fill out the form in the Contact Us section, and we will be happy to get the answer for you. Enjoy today's Indiana Bible College podcast.
1: Make some noise in this... Hallelujah, hallelujah. Wow. How many know He's a good God, a mighty God? And He is the God of every situation. He is our hope, He's our power, our anointing. And it is so good to lift Him up. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Do you believe that? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where's that at in the Bible? Corinthians what? 3.17. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Oh, that's what we need so very much. The Spirit of the Lord. We can't do this by ourselves. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us. Bring us close to your Word so that we might understand your will and your purpose. Through the Word and through the light and the power of your anointing upon our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You may be seated. I took Sister Mooney to breakfast and uh, I scratched out a few little things I wanted to say to you this morning and I may have lost my little note. Oh, there they are. This is about a one hour and 35 minute outline. No, I'm kidding. It is great to be with you today, and this is our last chapel. It's always a sad chapel to think that uh, we will not have the privilege and wonderful joy of being together for a while. But I want you to know that Sister Mooney and I and all of us staff members are praying for you that God would give you a great and fabulous summer. Some of you are going to be on the road. Some of you are going to be overseas. And, of course, we have a great wonderful class that's going to be graduating shortly. And uh, I hope all of you will find a way to get back here at Indiana Bible College and that God will open up provision vision if that's the problem or just make a way somewhere, somehow in the calendar to put it all together because there are some great things God wants to do. I feel anointing on many of you in your lives. Sometimes just walking up to some of you, I probably see something that you don't really see. You wonderful ladies and men, anoint and touch, anointing and touch of God that's on your life. It is a very, very important thing. God is our protector and God help our helper. And he will guide us and lead us into all the blessings and good things. But you must be faithful and keep on keeping on. Don't get discouraged. Even if you're going through a trial, God will get you through. Amen? You believe that? All right. Let's go to the Word of the Lord for a little while in Ephesians chapter two, and I want to talk to you uh, about what uh, I am most concerned about. Now, I thought about this the other day. I was just kind of scratching around, and in, 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 uh, after I'd had a conversation with somebody, it asked me a question when I was out in uh, Phoenix just a few days ago, and somebody said, "What is what is really what really concerns you more than anything else?" And I thought, well. You know, you sometimes can give a really trite answer to something like that. You know, just it's conversation and you just and I think that's what I did. I just I, I can't remember exactly how I put it. I just said, well, I'm really worried about, you know, all of this technology and how we're going and blah, blah. And we all talked about that. But after I, uh, I, I got alone again, I began to think about, well, is that really what I'm most concerned about? The answer, of course, for me was no, it's not really the most important thing or the most cons- thing that I have the most concerns about. So through a little thinking, coming back on the airplane and I scratching different little things out, I finally decided what I would settle on if anybody ever asked me that question again, and I doubt if they will, so I'm asking myself this question. Would you ask me that question? What really concerns me? Most, I got an answer for you. I want you to turn to the book of Ephesians. Is that what I said? Chapter, what was it? Two. And here it is in chapter two and verse number eight. If you'll go there with me for just a moment, we will find an answer that I think, at least for me, is my deepest concern. It is no. There is absolutely no doubt that you as a generation, all of you young people as a generation are facing a world not only that is really unimaginable, we haven't really figured out exactly what the modern technology and all the different aspects of the world and how it's getting smaller and smaller in terms of the, uh, the elements of uh, travel and the elements of of information and so forth. Nobody has really gotten it all laid out. We know that the world is getting smaller and smaller along those lines, and you are going to be energized by the Holy Ghost to reach out in this world in a way that no one else has ever had such possibilities. But there is a little matter that the Apostle Paul brings up. And I want us to think about it because I'm going to try to convince you that this is your biggest problem and your biggest challenge. So look with me, and I'm not trying to hold you in some kind of tension here. Let's just get right to it. Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 8. Let's start at 7. You got your Bibles? In the ages to come, he might show exceeding riches of his grace. In his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. That's God's objective. That in the ages to come, he's raised us up together. Verse 6, he hath raised us up together and made us to set together in heavenly places. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What concerns me most is whether or not we will have the courage and the faith and the understanding to depend upon the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, let me get this nailed down for you. It's not about works, lest we should boast. Boasting humans, boasting in their talents, their abilities, even their own thoughts or particular skills or crafts or whatever they may have. It's very easy for us to lean on our own understanding. We've got a God that will touch us and move us and provide for us. He can heal us, save us, direct us, provide finances for us. Every one of you in this room that have a calling of God on your life can be assured that God will be with you. That God will help you. And I believe that the Apostle Paul, speaking to the church, had it right. He probably would answer the question, I think, the same Brother Sliva that I answered. What would you really be worried about, dear Apostle? You that have walked with Christ and you knew Him so well, what are you most worried about? And I think the Apostle is answering here. He's saying, I'm, I'm really worried about people that are trusting in themselves. We must not think just because we have tools, technology, travel opportunities, we must not think that that in and of itself assures us that we can reach out to this world and be effective. It takes something else. Most of us understand how important it is and good it is. It's lovely to have talent, but yet, hmm, just not quite enough. Not quite enough. We had a fellow that came to our church up in Muskegon, Michigan, and he could, let's see, what could he do? He could read the Bible. What was his big talent? Upside down. And he always... He always sat where people could see. And he would hold the the Bible up, and he would always turn it upside down. And I'm going to tell you, he could read upside down. And he liked for people to come by and say, they would say, Your Bible's, oh no, that's the way I read it. As if he had some special gift that was going to turn the world. And he was a preacher. He couldn't preach his way. How do you say it? Give me, give me a. He couldn't preach his way out of a wet paper bag. Was that what you said? Thank you very much. God bless you. That's what I was. I was looking for that. You couldn't. He couldn't have. Matter of fact, we never let him preach after the first time. But I want to tell you, he could. I hope he's not listening today. He's. He's probably gone. God bless, he was a good man in many ways. <laughs> just, I didn't see anything, any advantage to reading the Bible upside down. That's like a big thing. Or even memorizing the Bible. The Apostle Paul, of course, is not just talking about something funny. He's talking about, or something kind of, uh, you know, digging at somebody that has kind of a, a, a stupid way of, of expressing their great ability. <laughs> hey, I see a, a J. Jay, did were you with us? Were you uh, living with us at the time we went to the circus, and there was no one there but us and four other, five other people? Were you there? Do you remember that? There was a a a circus that was in downtown Muskegon, Michigan, (laughs) and uh, you could buy a ticket and get in. And how many people? Bought tickets that afternoon about how many beside us. Was it just us? That's what I thought, but I wasn't really sure. There was so there, just our family. So it was time for the performance. And so this man comes out, and he has a big top hat, and we're the only ones there. But we had tickets, and he said, well, the show's going to go on. And that was good. So I had the family there. But we could kind of anticipate this was going to be an interesting day. <laughs> now, I don't have the exact order. You can help me. But all of a sudden, he said, well, it's time to get the big show. And he, they had it all uh, put together. And they had, uh, oh, they had uh, some kind of speaker. And they had music. And so we had an orchestra recorded. And that was all coming in. And he said, and finally he come. He had a big top uh, hat or whatever it was. And he came, he comes out now and he says, ladies and gentlemen. And we go. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know we're getting ready to have one of the greatest circus shows that has ever been. I had my kids, I said, come on, come on, we gotta make some noise. And all of a sudden, he said, now, I don't know what, what was her first act? Can you remember that? What? Oh, the little dog, the dogs. Ladies and gentlemen, he said. He could have just said, the Mooney family. Nice to have you today. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Europe with her amazing dogs, would you welcome the wonderful and amazing, did I do it pretty good? And here comes this woman with, I don't know, four or five dogs, and they trotted around and did flips. And we clapped, I don't know. And then we go back, and he comes out. All right, wasn't that wonderful? And we, we were getting into it now, and our kids were laughing, and we were screaming, and we, yeah, yeah. I said, we got to get, we, this is wonderful, this is great. Was making all kinds. And now he comes along. He said, Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from Europe, up on the big high wire now is the amazing Lavanda. Here she comes. This is the kind of woman you want to marry, you preacher boys. Amazing Lavanda. Up on the high wire. And there she was doing it. High wire. I am not exaggerating this story one bit. Matter of fact, I'm taking some stuff off of it. And so we clap our hands. She goes back. What was the next one, Jay? We kept thinking. We didn't know it was just one person there, just him and her. We kept thinking something else. They did have dogs, but they didn't have any any more performers. And what was the next one? Can you remember? Huh? Oh, yeah. And so now we're getting into it. Third thing, second or third thing, he says, ladies and gentlemen. He really put himself into it. It's kind of like when you go to a revival and there's only four people there. you got to put yourself into it. And now, all the way, guess where? From Europe. Amazing! What was she going to do? Oh, yeah. And now the amazing artist who's traveled all over the world from Europe, the trapeze artist, the amazing Lavanda. Now, there was something wrong with this. I just couldn't figure it out. Those poor people, they should have given us our ticket back. And we cheered. I don't know how many things we went through, but you got the point you don't want church, you don't want church to just be some fragile, weak, human endeavor. It's good to be strong and to have convictions and it's good to have, you know, the kind of courage and the faithfulness and just stick with it and to do what you can do and You give away all your talents and efforts, but there's something more than just what we can do by ourselves. The Apostle Paul said, I've got to get to the church and make sure that I write this letter very clear because the one thing I think the Apostle Paul was worried about is that the church would trust in itself. That the people would trust in themselves. So what would be my worry, thinking of all of you that have been here this year and other students that have come through here, and we hope a good group of students, and we're excited about already the enrollment for next year, but I am worried that we may start thinking that our education is what will reach the world, or our talent will reach the world, and we can just be up at the rally and Somebody says, and now, all the way from Indiana Bible College, the amazing trio, the amazing speaker that can read his Bible upside down. And Paul is saying, get rid of that idea that you can trust in your power and talents. Some do trust in horses. And some do trust in chariots but we will remember the name of our God now the world is changing it's a revolution it's like so big and it's so absolutely filled with potential and newness and futuristic things it's all out there it's coming at you like a bullet and if you capture it and use it no doubt many wonderful things can happen in the kingdom but let us be careful It's going to take more than just a fancy introduction. And now, all the way from Chicago, all the way from North Carolina, all the way from California, all the way from Arkansas, a student graduated from Indiana Bible College, got a license signed by David Bernard, and can read the Bible backward, and can sing so good, and has so great talent. They already have... uh, Let's see, what else could we say? They've already memorized the New Testament. Paul said, I, I'm worried that you will forget something. That you will forget something called the Holy Spirit. And you will lean on your flesh. And you will lean on your talents. I'm going to make a little prediction. I'm going to make a little prophecy, if you don't mind. It is not the great talented people in this room necessarily that will reach the world. And the goofiest guy that you met at IBC <laughs> may be signing your license someday or preaching at the general conference and you're going, how did he get that job? He was the goofiest guy at IBC. I don't even know how he made it out. He didn't know how to, he didn't know how to comb his hair. Couldn't, he couldn't even hardly shave his face, cut himself every time he used a razor as an idiot. But God may be looking for somebody that is not trusting in chariots and talents and ability. And maybe God would just touch somebody on the shoulder and say, you don't seem like you got a whole lot going for you, but step up. I'm going to open some doors for you because you've got the right spirit and the right attitude. And you realize, see, the one thing you need to focus on is that you need God. Oh, how I need God. I love God. I've got to have God. Somebody needs you, Lord. Come by here. Somebody needs you, Lord. Will you come and touch me? Will you help me? Will you minister to me? I don't have very much talent that I can give God. I'm just here and I want to serve you. Can I get a witness? Anybody here want to have a revival by the power of God? Stand to your feet. Put your hands together. Let me say to you, those of you that trust in God, those of you that are depending upon the Lord, we can introduce you in this way. Take a look at the amazing students from IBC and they're not amazing because of their talent, but they're amazing because they put their trust in God, their faith in God, and they lean not upon their own understanding, but they search out for the things that would consist in the will of God and the power of God and the grace. How many want to follow the Lord? How many want to live in righteousness? How many want to to depend upon Him? Hallelujah. Turn, shake the hand of somebody and say, let's keep our focus on the will of God and the purpose of God. We need it, we need it, we need it. It's not the self side of us that we are interested in, but it is the power and anointing of God that matters. And we've got to have that anointing in our life For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Man, that's powerful, isn't it? That's important. Paul's writing to the church at Ephesus and saying, it's not about works. It's not about your work. It's not about your ability, lest any Man should boast. We cannot glorify in our works. We cannot glorify in our abilities. What is vital is that we can turn our lives over to Jesus Christ. Now, we have to do good works. We're enlisted to do good works. You have to do works. You do have to use the talents that you have. But we should not boast In our works, even though God requires us good work. If you have a talent, exercise that talent, execute it, be faithful, but be careful that you don't start trusting in the talent. How did the apostle put this? Are you concerned about this? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, we don't exactly know what God wants us to do, but we have to be careful that we don't. Well, that we don't believe in ourselves and forget it, that it's God that makes all things possible, not of works, not of works. Why should we not be interested in works? That we could boast the amazing of this world probably will do very, very little. The fact that nobody bought a ticket was interesting. Maybe other people knew that wasn't much of a service. Or much of a circus. And I'm sure Muskegon, the city of Muskegon, got it cheap. Just a man with a top hat and a woman that could work with a few dogs and walk across a, a wire. The amazing Lavonda. And our family never forgot her. I guess that was kind of a good thing. But I don't want to be remembered as the crazy apostolic preacher that came by and didn't know quite What the anointing was all about. They didn't really have his life all put together. Somebody out there just pretending. Listen to me. This thing is really real. And what God wants to give you is genuine and powerful. But we've got to be careful that in these times when so much will be available to us. When there is a revolution. That we will trust in ourselves and lean on our own understanding. And the next thing we know, we forget how much God has helped us, and we begin to boast in ourselves. We may not understand this completely, but listen to me. Sometimes we get response to our talents, to our music, even to our preaching. That's not really an anointing. It is a, how would you put it? It's an appreciation, because if you got up and read the Bible backwards, It would be a great talent. Or maybe you had it memorized. I've heard people and actually been with people that could literally quote entire huge segments of the Bible. But that in itself does not bring. Maybe somebody would even pay for you to come. And now here's our man, our amazing preacher. And he is going to take the next six months we're going to have him every Wednesday night for one half of the year. And he is going to, from memory, read the entire Bible or to quote the entire Bible. What good is that going to do to reach the world? And you might say, well, I really appreciate that. But wouldn't it be good to be able to walk into a pulpit and in, upon a platform and have such a commitment in God that you have laid aside your flesh, your talent, no boasting. Paul said, I worry about some of you because you might start thinking about how good and great you are and therefore you miss the whole thing because your focus has to be upon what not you can do, but what He can do through you. And to God be the glory. If somebody gets the Holy Ghost, it's not you laying your hands on somebody that gets the Holy Ghost like you've got a magic hand. If you've got a magic hand, then you go out on these streets right now and start getting people filled with the Holy Ghost speaking. to See, that's not going to happen. Put aside your talent. Put aside your boasting. Put aside if there's any arrogance in you. If there's any uh, heady and high-mindedness in you, get down somewhere and say, God, thank you for filling me with the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to do something in this in this dark time. I want to do something in this revolutionary revolutionary moment. I I want to be your servant. I want to walk by faith in God. I don't have... As much talent as some people I went to school with and I, I can't sing like sister so and so or Brother so and so but could I tell you dear students don't worry about how much talent you got but worry or not worry, if you want to worry about anything get yourself down to the altar and say God use me some way God touch me some way Go ahead and clap your hands to the Lord Let your flesh get out of the way Let your flesh be crucified. Crucify your flesh. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. In my generation, when gospel music was exploding all across America, many, many oneness apostolic people could not resist the money. The names some of you would know. But some in our generation knew them intimately. And personally. And we had them in our churches. And I'm not trying to blast anybody or hurt anybody. But I'm just telling you. A whole lot of beautiful. Talented. Gifted musicians. And orators. And preachers. Went out into this world. As apostolics and Pentecostals. And suddenly. The studios came. The the recording people came. The theaters opened up. And the next thing you know hey, we're not able to get out to the little apostolic church this weekend because we're going to be in Chicago, and we're going to be in the theater, and we have already sold 4,000 tickets. We had some gospel singers, am I telling the truth, back in the era that could put 5,000 and sometimes 10,000 people into auditoriums all across America. I'm talking about oneness apostolic young people that grew up in my life. My friends. But they got so busy and so much money, Mickey, they didn't have time for the storefronts and the little revival places. Now, there are exceptions to what I'm saying. Don't pick a name because you might not know. There were some people that made a lot of money, and, and uh, I'm not criticizing. Let's just say they balanced it out. Some even got out of the mess, and thank God, because they realized what they have done. Am I in the Bible here? You see, Paul said, this is what I'm really concerned about. Suppose we're at the place where we can travel almost without. I mean, travel is so cheap today, it's embarrassing almost. You wonder how they can get you to, to all, all the way to Europe, get you all the way to Europe. It, not in first class maybe, but they can get you to Europe for like $290. Wow. You can spend that much at, at uh, St. Elmo's. You, It costs you that much money to get. A steak and some, what is that stuff they serve you? Hot sauce and all that. You can spend $200 a piece at St. Elmo's. But you can also fly to Paris for a couple hundred bucks. Sometimes. Get it cheap. And there's some of you that are, you just know how to get cheap stuff. Think about it. What a world. It took you like a half year's salary to go to France back in the day. It was really hard. To raise money to travel. But it's almost free comparatively speaking. What a day. And then communication. What a day. Without having to go through it again. Because we always talk about You hear it. and You talk about it. Preachers talk about it. Technology. But Paul said, I'm just kind of worried. That you're going to start boasting. In your talents and your abilities. And that will begin to break everything down. We cannot afford to leave behind the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We can't leave. See, God doesn't want you to leave him unemployed. You can't just go out and do your thing because God wants to walk with you and he wants to open up the door for you and he wants to help you. You don't even know what just one little small thing can do. I walked across the room just a few days ago and talked with a little girl because I felt like just talking to this little girl. Mickey, mother called or wrote you today. It affected It affected her. It affected the little girl. Brother Mooney came over and talked. Now, I know this sounds crazy, but do you realize sometimes just touching a person that's lonely. Maybe somebody that doesn't have a lot of friends. And you think you've got to rush out. But have you ever thought about just maybe talking to a widow and putting your arm around somebody and saying, I see Jim Sleva. We often use Jim Sleva as such a sweet spirit. And he walks around the church and talks to a lot of old people. You do that. You know you do. Because you love them, And just that touch. And you better not say anything about Jim Sleeve because there's elderly women in church that would kill you. Well, get close because you don't want to hurt Jim, little Jim. Jimbo. This is what the Apostle Paul is trying to get across. Paul, you ha- Paul he wrote and said, listen to me, listen to me, church you got a lot going, but you're going to have to learn how to trust in God and depend not on your own understanding or your ability. And I'm really worried about you because I can see something in you. I can see a growing kind of arrogance and egotisticalness. And you need to get humble and realize how important it is. And your ability and talent is not enough. For by grace we are saved. Just start out with the fundamental fact. Of Christianity. We are saved through grace. If you've got a calling of God upon your life and there's anointing in your life, you cannot really fake a real anointing. There's a difference between really having a calling of God in your life. We had a little discussion. I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you know, there's been some talk about, well, we need to read so many books and so many this and so many that, and that's okay, and we need to have this kind of education, that kind of... It. that's okay. It's all good, but I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, it takes more than reading this and reading that. It takes more than just going to college. Even if you become a Ph.D. and you could have a great education and maybe you could teach in a big university, but if you did not have the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit to partner with you, the Apostle Paul says, it's all lost. Because you fire, so to speak. You dismiss the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. You can't make it by yourself, gentlemen. You're going to have to depend upon the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And when do you really preach your best sermons? You should do it wherever you're given an opportunity to speak. When you walk in and there's only five people there, remember you don't know who they are. And you don't really know what God has sent you there to do. If I rehearse, Sister Mooney and I often, when we get in the car, we're by ourselves. We go back and we start rehearsing different little places. Isn't it true? And how many miracles and how many astounding things happen in churches where just a handful of people were there. Sometimes no music or maybe an out-of-tune piano or somebody that could kind of pick strum, strum on the guitar. But the Holy Ghost could come in that room and there wasn't any talent There was just a presence of God. Does the Holy Ghost fall up in the mountains where the Indians are? Does the Holy Spirit fall? And you don't have the orchestra. And you don't have somebody that can read the Bible backwards. And you don't have any kind of showbiz going on. You're just preaching the word. Lifting up the name of Jesus Christ. And Paul said, this is what I'm concerned about. That you're going to lay aside the anointing of the Holy Ghost for something else. And it's very easy because we can package ourselves up. I'm preaching good to you today. You can package yourself up like you're some kind of theater person, and you can pack up your ministry. And, oh, listen, I got 10,000 hits today. What kind of hits did you get? Was God in it? Did it mean anything? Or worse, do you have a calling and you waste all your time just Tweeting out junk stuff. Here we are down at the lake. Nobody wants to see you at the lake, especially half naked. It might cut off a revival. It would for me if I was planning, if I was planning on calling somebody to preach a revival, and I got on their internet, and I saw that they were half naked, and they had half naked women, or maybe just a quarter naked women. I don't know. Wouldn't even have to be. No, almost. Well, anyway, you do the math on that. (laughs) I might say, I don't need that. I need somebody that doesn't just show off their figure. Somebody that is, uh, am I preaching all right, Sister Mooney? Okay. You want me to move to the next point, though? That's a good idea. We got two people already ragging on my preaching right here. Brother Rodenbush and Sister Mooney. But Jim's still with me. Thank you, Brother Jim. I appreciate it. On a serious note, my dear friends, on a serious note, all things are possible. He is our peace. He is our help. He is our Savior. He is our Deliverer. By grace, we're saved, church. And that grace is not of yourselves. Grace is grace. You don't earn it. God gives you grace. You don't earn forgiveness. Sin is your problem. And sin must be forgiven. And Christ came to forgive us of our sins and transform us and make new creatures of us. And so we cannot seek after some kind of career Some kind of Christian business so that we lean on our flesh. And Paul said it's not works. And one of the reasons why God doesn't even want you to start thinking that you're doing anything all that creative is because no man should boast. When you're boasting, you're ugly. When you're boasting, you've got a spirit on you. And it can be felt by other people. But when we get up every day and recognize and acknowledge that we are. Why don't you underline that? Don't be afraid to underline that. You should remember that we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles of the flesh. Who are called uncircumcised. By that which is called circumcision in the flesh. Made by hands. But it doesn't work out for you to trust. In yourselves. And to trust in your abilities. To trust. In your. your don't lose. Don't lose this point now. Don't trust in your morality. You can say. Well, I have never done this. I have never. You're boasting. Don't even boast in your morality. Because what you think about your strength and your ability to overcome even the worst kinds of temptations. Remember, God is getting you through. And if you keep just boasting about, well, yeah, that old girl flung herself at me. That old boy tried. Be careful. Don't think of your self-righteousness. Through those kinds of situations. It's God probably that's helped you. It's God that has gotten you through. And it's God that's helped you to lay down all the temptations. Don't boast in who you are. Don't boast in your strength. And when you know something, some way God has come into your life and into your world and into your your heart. And you look and say, it's all been because of God. It's all been because it's God. It's a wonderful thing. Sometimes, and Sister Mooney and I, forgive, us for, forgive me for the, the uh, reference, personal reference, but I'm sure everybody that's lived for very long and walked with God, you'd say, how did all of this happen? How, how did you get away from Illinois? How did you get over into Africa? And when you look back, of course, you, you submitted to different things and you had maybe a passion, but in the end... It was all miraculous. It's like a Mother McCartney who's in Christ's temple. You can go to Christ's temple be there this this week if you've got time. I don't guess you'll, you'll be gone already, but on Friday I think it is. Is it Friday? Thursday. Thursday night. You, you can't be there, but too bad. But uh, you need to be at the banquet. I'm not suggesting. that. Forget it. So Mother McCartney, she would be one example. Hundreds, thousands of people, similar stories, just stood up and says, God just called me to go to India. An African-American woman. We're talking about back almost at the turn of the century, maybe 1915, 1916, somewhere. How are you going to get there? An African-American, how are you going to get to India? But Mother McCartney knew that there was a God. And to this day, people, I, I, I Brother Sism's book, he, he he didn't leave her out. I appreciated that so much. Because when they got up into northern India, they saw, thank you, you wrote that book. That's amazing. When, you, when she went in there somehow, just the story of it, and God says, it's not by works, lest you could post. It's not about education. Stand with me, IBC. Thank you for letting me. Did you understand what I'm talking about today? How many? Now, now listen to me. I want to give you an altar call, get the music ready, get everything that you would normally do. But I want to I, I don't want you just to come forward. I want you to stop and think for a little while. And I'm going to ask you this question. Do you believe that this would be a good moment for you to come forward in this last chapel service of this year and say, God, some way in your own words, God, I want to be your servant. I thank you for whatever blessings I've had. I thank you for a good mom and dad. I thank you for a wonderful pastor, great church, all of that, whatever you want to acknowledge. But I want you to go a step further and lift your hand some way lift your heart up to God and say, but God, I know I can do nothing. One songwriter said, without him I can do nothing. Without him I would but fail. Without him I would be what? Drifting without a sail. That was a good old song because it reminded us that God does not want one person to ever boast. Maybe somebody will tap you on the shoulder and say, get ready, we want you to speak at the Youth Congress this year. And you'll say, wow, I must really be a great preacher. Well, maybe God just opened a door for you just to see how it will work out. And you better be real humble about it all because the same God that can open a door for you is the same God that could be disappointed with the fact. And all of us in this room see egos. We see people that are just get out of control. You better wait on the Lord and watch out carefully because the devil is an old liar and he'll make you think you're greater than you really are. Walk humbly. Are you ready? Let's sing. Could you come forward? I know you can't all get up, but either up front in your pew IBC students I want to thank you for being here this year I want to thank you for what God is doing in your life I want to encourage all of you that have a touch of God on your life now, you're, I'm not talking about missionaries or preachers or anything. But if you have a calling on your life, would you raise your hand? And maybe it just, it could be a business. It could be, I don't know. All right? Raise your hand and say, I feel like i got a calling. Now, listen, listen. I believe you. I believe your hand is up because it's true. But what I want you to understand right now is do not lean on your flesh To get where God wants to take you. Do you understand that? Don't lean on your flesh. You've been at IBC. Some of you for now a couple years or three years. We have seniors. Did I see all the seniors? Would you raise your hand? All of you seniors. Look at that. I want to congratulate you finishing the course keeping the faith. I look forward to being with you, with your family and your pastors in just a couple of days. And you're going to graduate. Thank you. Thank you from our heart. And can I say something about Indiana Bible College? I want to thank everybody, starting with our executive vice president, brother and sister, Roden Bush. Give them a great big hand. Thank you. Thank you. Would you, students, put your hands together and realize that you've had some staff, musicians, all kinds of people that have given hours and hours of their lives at times, and there's no big salaries here. So give our staff a great big hand. Thank you, thank you, IBC. Thank all of you. What a great thing.
0: Good news for all you listeners out there who would love to continue your education with Indiana Bible College, but simply can't make the trip to Indianapolis to do so. The Indiana Bible College Distance Learning Program is now accepting students who would like to continue their education, complete a degree, or just get an Advanced Certificate of Studies. For more information on this and more about the distance learning program, visit www.ibcdl.com.